and technically from what I read in the description um, Paranoia was a mixtape and this is an EP even though it was like 12 tracks it's, it's not an EP length that's bullshit <laughs> it's bullshit damn it because <laughs> I'm 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 tired I'm tired of rappers with their damn their tomfoolery with these out al- with these album designations. It's an EP, no, it's a mixtape, no, it's an album, no, it's a studio album. It's uh, well, that's what came up on Wiki. I was like, how is that an EP? Yeah, no, yeah, they. But again, I feel like that just it kind of highlights how albums just have less meaning now. Like you can guys call it whatever you want, and and doesn't really. It just doesn't have the same meaning anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. And and I mean, I I really want to know who this who's the authority now and why it is that he even bothers calling it a an EP. And I mean, like, it's it's fifty six minutes long. That's a, that's officially not an EP. It's an hour long. That that is a damn album. I mean, there are albums <laughs> that are shorter than Paranoia Two. How how is that an EP? Paranoia 2 is the second extended play by American rapper Dave East. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm also reading Wikipedia. The second prelude towards Dave East's debut studio album. See, again, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Maybe he'll be nominated for Best New Artist next year. <laughs> I mean, well, but see, but see, that would be okay, though. Because, well, because he hasn't had his breakout year yet. Yeah, you know, so that's I would actually accept that. Fine, but but yeah. but uh, yeah, <laughs> but not Alessia Cara, damn it, because she she had her breakout. She had like two breakout years before twenty seventeen. So whatever. Yeah, well, I, I guess for whatever reason she was able to cheat. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but whatever. You know, she knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Her uncle works at Grammy. <laughs> hey, what's up? You are now listening what's to... What's an- up? Yeah, you're now listening to another episode of, <laughs> of Own No Loops. Uh, I'm Marcus. I'm Gene. Yeah, you are. And and today... <laughs> today, uh, audience... We are we're gonna talk about uh, two albums. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna discuss two albums that were released on January twenty sixth, two thousand eighteen. Um, uh, one is is whether or not by evidence his third solo album, and the other is Culture Two: The Reckoning by Migos. The Reckoning. Yes, <laughs> the sequel. I'm sure they call it that. It's got it's got bigger explosions and. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. All right, so Dwayne, also their third album. Technically, technically, yeah, technically, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, so let's just get into it. Let's let's start with with uh, Evidence's album, whether or not. Okay. So so okay, yeah. So when I was listening to this album, um, one of the first things that that listening to the album reminded me. Of how his his voice has changed. I don't know if you've noticed how his voice has changed over the years. He his voice in mm. in the dilated people's days, his voice was it was deeper. And around the time of maybe maybe uh maybe it started with his first solo album, but I noticed it a lot more on his second solo album where his voice seemed a lot lighter. 
Yeah, I guess I could agree with that now that I think about it. Um there there's a slight a slight change. Um you know, I I guess with like the last thing that I really, really uh um maybe noticed the difference was well, you know what? Uh-huh. No, it was fine. Because I'm thinking about that Beatles uh, uh mixtape that he did uh a few years back and how um how he sounded then and he did sound fairly similar to the way that he did now so maybe that was just some change in his life where or well, maybe just a change in an approach that so uh, accounts for that right so well so he he mentions it on the song Ten Thousand hours produced by uh premiere where he said uh i was guarded as an artist from the first day i started i lowered my voice deep and tried to rap hardest thinking back i wasn't yeah, letting did. them in even when they were knocking at the door and telling me to win so I was like, "Oh, well, there you go." He he was he was intentionally lowering his voice on those on those early records. So so what you hear now is closer to his actual voice. Yeah, when 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 he mentioned that, I was thinking along the lines of when he like you know was the kid starting to rhyme, and I wasn't even thinking about his recorded stuff. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And actually, actually, if you if you go back and listen to business as usual, you notice that that Red Man kind of did the same thing. If you listen to like uh, hardcore or or what the album versus like Muddy Waters or later stuff, his voice sounds very different. Like, um, like yeah. you know, hardcore is like I got it going on since I'm up next to Flex, and then later on his voice got really high. Like, but I think I think he was doing the same thing. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who've been through that, you know, who just got into their more relaxed version. I mean, we could just name off a, a bunch of people who switched up uh their pitch to yeah. make it what it is that they ended up being and you know what they were more no, more known for uh but overall as far as the quality of this album um i i i like it a lot like there was very there's very little uh to dislike about this album in my opinion um the only the only gripe the only minor very minor gripe is that i'm not in love with the title track uh just because i'm I'm not a fan of those beats that have like 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 buzzing buzzing sounds like where it's like eh, eh, eh. i'm like i'm not a fan of that that electronic <laughs> buzzing sound so but i, I what, but but was, I, was that buzzing just driving you nuts or something wasn't driving me nuts i'm just not a fan of that of that sound and um i i got i don't even dislike the song like i didn't skip it when i was listening to it but it's just it's just my least favorite song on the album, but but I I don't dislike I don't even dislike it. I just I'm just not a fan of that that electronic buzzing bassline sound. But other than that, I really have nothing bad to say about the record. I I like that I like that he keeps the scratches alive on the hooks. Like like most a lot of the hooks have mm-hmm. have have like some really dope scratches on them, like real scratches, not like the bad boy era keyboard scratches with the but like real like turntables uh which is dope <laughs> yeah 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 i i definitely appreciated that too you know that definitely lent to the overall feel of the album and for me um listening to the beginning of it i definitely felt a vibe where i kind of felt like i was being transported back to 2005 um and that I felt was in a good way. You okay, know, I was going to ask. Was I was that a good way or a bad train. way? Yeah, I, I knew I had to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I was listening to the factory, and I was like, "This is some old head nod, 
taking it back to like people just really getting into those um dramatic sound effects that you really found popular in the early 2000s uh, uh and then the same the same type of energy was felt throughout the album i mean we throw it all away it wasn't that same type of record but um it definitely felt like something that was a bit of a throwback as opposed to you know wherever i would expect him to be now um so music wise okay so so a couple questions one when you say dramatic sound effects what do you mean uh maybe my wording's off uh uh music sampled okay I, i i guess i would say um you know violins things like that um uh is 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 what i guess jumped out to me when when i was thinking about the feel of the album when it began and um you know the factory is definitely a good track and a good good way to set off his voyage through through uh this new track new album okay and then second when you say you say that this this sounds it, it doesn't quite sound like what you might have expected evidence to sound like now or i mean musically speaking is is that what you're saying? I'm trying different things. Trying different things that I guess didn't feel like I said, like a throwback, like um nods to the dilated people sound, the mm-hmm. um old school alchemist sound, the premiere who's featured on here too, type of sound. Yeah. Uh chopped up samples, uh rolling loops, uh real hard um head nod beats yeah um that i felt throughout the album and i was like okay um considering some of the things that i've been hearing not so much evidence or any region or any genre of hip-hop but like hip-hop on a whole i was a little surprised okay okay i wasn't surprised It, it was i was if anything i was pleasantly surprised because i was i was i was i was disappointed by the Dilated People's album that came out a couple of years ago came out in 2014. Uh, mm-hmm. directors, directors of Photography, which was also right. on Rhyme Sayers. Um, I, that album I felt was a bit, I felt like the beats were a bit too, uh, I want to say down tempo, but they were, they were kind of the beats were just kind of plotted along. Like it definitely had it, it def- definitely had a boom bap feel with like hard knocking drums, like this album does, but it does, but. But um, that one the beats just felt a bit more overcast and like like it just it just they felt I don't know it just it it felt the I won't, I won't say depressing but the beats were just not as 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 exciting I feel like the beats on this album are are much more uh, energetic in a way not not necessarily fast paced but just have more have more interesting things going on than the drums and so okay. So I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked the production. I think this is I think this is his best produced solo album out of the the three that he's done. Um, the pr- production on this was great. I yeah. mean, you know, um, I did like whether or not um, I did like Runners, although I Runners wish is Runners really dope. Was, I really like Runners. I wish it was sped up though. It's too slow like, for you. I, as soon as I heard them starting to go in, I was like. I like I like how they're kicking it. I'm glad to hear from Defari. Yeah. And um, you know, and all of that, but it just felt like that, that track should have been sped up. Hmm. I don't know why. 
I, I just I just had that calling out to me the first time I heard it, and every time I heard it after that, it kept calling out to me again. This track should be faster. Huh? I didn't yeah. I didn't feel that. I, I'm I'm cool with it as is. I like it a lot. Um, but speaking of runners, one thing I noticed about is one thing I noticed about this album is that uh, several of the song titles are just based on like a like a random line in the song. So like like runners, for example, uh, the opening track, the factory, uh, sell me this pen. With with Alchemist and uh, Matt Kami and yeah. uh, Jim Dean, which is one of my favorites, and also uh, Ten Thousand Hours, like all those tracks, like they don't have necessarily have the song title in the hook or anything like that. It's just like a, a line in the song, and and they chose that as a title. It, it right. kind of reminds me of Ghostface a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, Interesting observation. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed this album isn't. It's not as fun as the Step Brothers album where I think um uh, I think evidence really I mean sorry I think Alchemist really brings that weird that nutty sense of humor um mm-hmm. but I mean I don't I mean it's cool like I don't I don't need evidence to to pretend he's alchemist like it it works just fun. the album the album works well the mood of the album is fine but I do like that sense of humor that that uh I think Alchemist brings a bit of a balance to evidence cuz evidence is a very uh you know his his voice he has like a very monotone voice which I'm cool with, but some people might not like. If <laughs> if you weren't a fan of uh, Guru, then you you might not dig it. But um, but I think I, I feel like Guru has to be one of his biggest influences. Oh yeah, I definitely see that. I yeah. mean, I I definitely feel uh, the gang star effect all over this album. Yeah. Um, of course, again, not to mention their premieres on it, yeah. but um, I definitely feel that. Um, and even just it's not a hard um shift between subject matter it's kind of like a a, a a slow uh shifting between uh the different topics that he's going on going through on this album um and then I, and i guess the overall mood is kind of uh, anchored around what he mentions at the end in regards to his son and his wife um i'm by my side too yeah um i i i I definitely feel that that had an effect on where he was going with it um when i think about tracks like throw it all away and what i need Mm -hmm. like i i really think that it it was an introspective feel um for him and 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 i think it all ties into that that's my guess yeah i figure it out yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he definitely. So, so you're talking about the last song by my side too, where he's talking about how his wife um, uh, went was, was found out she had breast cancer. She was going through chemo, and yeah. and 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 it's and it's it's also a tribute to his son, who, yeah. who was born at the end of uh, 2015, um, and and yeah, I mean, clearly that had had a huge effect on his life. Um, but I feel like what I one thing I like about this album is that he doesn't beat you over the head like other than that song it's not a blatantly personal album it's an album where he'll drop lines for the most part he'll drop i mean he has a couple songs that are about him specifically but but otherwise he kind of just drops lines throughout each song like he'll have like 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 a bar here a bar there here a bar there a bar everywhere a bar bar and (laughs) and 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 i I, I like that i like that he doesn't necessarily feel like he has to do well this is my heartfelt track or this is my uh, this is my angry track. He just kind of, yeah. you know, he he. It's it's very it's natural. Subtle. It seems very natural. 
it's subtle and you know there there are tracks where you could hear him calling out to certain things but at the same time yes he's he's getting introspective but he's not he's not being direct based off of a song title or one topic or whatever yeah and um you know you feel that mood throughout the album and uh you know he he does the weather references and it, it definitely felt like it was kind of a uh, uh, an overcast day on this one. <laughs> yeah, although I, I feel like his his albums always have that kind of feel to him. Like all the solo albums kind of have that feel, that that overcast feel. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, I was talking about him being influenced by Guru. He actually he he interpolates Guru at least three times on the album. Um, he quotes um he quotes Take It Personal on on Jim yeah. Dean and on uh and on Raindrops, and um and then he he quotes. Um, uh, flip the script on on uh, runners. So so again, uh, clearly, clearly it's catch. yeah yeah it's 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 a very clear influence. But also, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of rap references throughout the album, like a lot of references to rappers or rap songs or rap lines, um, which 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 I like. Clearly, this this is uh this was written by somebody who's a hip hop fanatic, and and he isn't afraid to to drop those lines in there whether you get them or not you know it's not it's not obvious it's just like either you either you get it or you don't mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean uh it's definitely it's definitely a album for a i wouldn't say a true hip-hop head but definitely somebody who's going to listen to lines somebody who's going to like i said uh get into that uh a vibe where he's trying to take you um and um I, I I definitely think it was a good album. Um, you know, and in regards to highlights, uh, I definitely think that uh what I need was there, mm-hmm. um the factory was there, um whether or not I liked um I the posse cut seemed a little forced to me. The one with Rhapsody and Styles P? Yeah. That's um uh, uh, love is a funny thing. Love is a funny thing. Yeah, you know, it was a cool track, but you know, I mean, overall, it, it, I, I don't know. When you say forced, what it, do you mean? Like forced, like it, like, like it like, didn't naturally flow uh-huh. as well as I thought it would. I guess more recently, when you hear uh, features on albums, the person is more kind of just in there in the crowd telling them. Uh, what's going on as opposed to his three MCs with three different verses. I wonder how he's going to kick it, you know? No, Um, I'm not sure what you mean. Meaning that these days, I guess, instead of having three people stand alone with their verse, viewpoint, whatever, and it being very um, defined from each other, uh, a lot more posse cuts or collabos these days kind of the verses kind of mesh into each other mm. um in most cases i wouldn't say in all cases okay um and 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 this felt more like okay yeah uh mail your verse in exactly so i was just about to say that mm-hmm. <laughs> mail your verse in we'll try to get it to match you know this song yeah or whatever so i mean it, it, it's a cool track yeah uh if there were any disappointments for me, um, I would say it's actually ten thousand hours. Really? Why is that? Because I, I, I was kind of bored of the beat. Really? Um, you know, I, I, I really, 
I don't know. I, I, it was the one uh, uh, a piece of production on there where I was just kind of like, eh. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm good with it. Like, like what I like about that song is that it, it doesn't sound like a boilerplate primo banger. For example, on his last album, Catching Dogs, uh, uh, premiered in a song called uh, You, which it's a good song, but it definitely, when you hear it, it's like, oh, this is the primo cut. Whereas... I think 10,000 hours to me, the production really fits in well with the rest of the album. And, and if you're not paying close attention, you might not even know it's, it's premiere until you hear the, the scratches on the hook. Then it's like, Oh, those are, those are definitely primo cuts. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, my, my favorite songs are, um, Jim Dean and I would say long story longer with John Wayne. I really like that. Oh. Beat a lot. Um, I, oh, and throw it all away is one of my favorites. I don't know if I said that already. Yeah. Um, but uh, long story longer. Um, that that highlighted me or, or made me aware to the fact that, and, and I don't know if he cared, but the some of the guests definitely outshined him. Hmm. Well, and, and, I'm, I I will say that the first lines that stood out to me on this album were. Uh, from John Wayne's verse on that song where he says, uh, where he said, uh, rap game rum ham. If you say different, then I'll smack you with my gum hand. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. That's it's awesome for many reasons. Um, that's just that's it's 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 just a blend of of pop culture references and gross shit that you know exactly what he's talking about without explaining further. Um, <laughs> that's just. That was just that was that was well fucking done by John Wayne. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also like um, from uh, by my side too, where evidence said, uh, "I look my eyes in the sun." I mean, my son in the eyes. Yeah, that was that was that was, cool. an, that was, it was it was a nice nice wordplay and and given like the emotional weight of the song, that was really dope. Um, yeah, and then on the title track where he says, uh, "Love your fans and like your label," and I ain't making shit for neither. Lay that on the table. Uh, and um and from Sell Me This Pen, which is my favorite uh title from the album, uh, we said uh filtered through a brush, so when I paint it's never settling. It's reggae roots rock or watch roots rock adrenaline. There's just the way that rolls off, the way that, that yeah, line rolls off is really it's, dope. It's 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 a reference that not a lot of people will catch. Well, maybe I don't know. You, the roots adrenaline yeah i mean i feel like people who listen to evidence probably would get that reference maybe yeah <laughs> I, I think so but anyway <laughs> um overall i really like this album a lot it's it's better than i thought it would be not that i thought it'd be bad but it's even it's it's better given his other solo albums which are pretty good but i would say maybe not great i think this one is is definitely his best and i was i, I really enjoyed it a lot scale of one to 100 one to 100 that's a large scale um yeah but it's it's more def definite if i gave you one to ten it'd be like well, yeah, actually no six, you know what maybe a well, seven. yeah maybe um now you know i'm not a fan of ratings i'm not a fan of numbers yes um yes I know. <laughs> but but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna say like 86 wow <laughs> I I I I would place it somewhere between a seventy-five and an eighty. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, like I said, there were 
uh definitely some good moments here i like the um the uh introspective uh verses that evidence came across with um i definitely enjoyed the guests there were a couple um verses that i was kind of like eh. I, I think slug was a little underwhelming mm. on this uh appearance are you a fan of slug though i'm a fan of slug to an extent mm -hmm. like um, I enjoy his storytelling, but um, there are times that I'm able to get through an album of it, and there are times that I'm not. Okay. So I I, I would say I'm a fan of Felt. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. If we're throw it back to that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, he does good things. You know, I I I did like uh, when life gives you lemons and paint that shit gold. Mm -hmm. Um. So you know, there's there's definitely some goodness in so, what he's done. So you so you think he's decent, but you're not a you're not a huge fan. Not That's a huge. Okay, fan. No, no, got no. it, got it. Um, but uh, you know, he he had some guest verses on here that were great. Um, you know, definitely some great production. Of course, Alchemist again. Alchemist um, did four. Evidence did three himself. Um, Premier, as we mentioned, Premier did one. Uh, Budgie did the last two cuts. Yeah. Um, Sam I Am did to make a long story longer. Mm -hmm. Um, Twiz the Beat Pro. Twiz the Beat Pro did a few. He did two. Yeah, he did uh, Raindrops and he did Factory. Right. Knots did Jim. Knots Dean. did Jim Dean. And he did awesome. bad publicity with Crondon, which is good too. And Babu did whether or not. Yes. Um, I would say that uh, Throw It All Away was my favorite. Alchemist. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, actually, um, going back to what you said before, you were talking about some of the Alchemist beats sounding like throwback beats. The I feel like the first two tracks he did on the album, uh, Throw It All Away and Powder Cocaine, definitely sound like older Alchemist beats in that mm. they have harder drums than what you're used to hearing from Alchemist these days. Right. Um, but then the, the tracks later on, Sell Me This Pen and Love Is A Funny Thing, sound like newer, sound like more recent Alchemist tracks. I noticed that. Hmm. Interesting observation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean they 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 don't sound similar at all. No, they they don't. So I I I could definitely agree with you on that. So Alchemist, uh, you know, shout out to him on that. Um, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed his production on the album. Yeah, if if you like, sell me this pen. I would definitely say check out the Step Brothers album because that's definitely sounds very similar to what that album sounds like. And I I love the shit out of that album. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. So that's whether or not by evidence. Clocking in at fifty-five minutes. Fifty-five I minutes. Mention that because because the next <laughs> album we're going to review, Culture Two, the the the, the revenge by the revenge. by Migos, <laughs> yeah, um, is an the hour revenge. weighs in at a hefty one hour and forty-six minutes, or wow. one hundred one hundred and six minutes if you're nasty. And I was overwhelmed when I read that stat. It's a it's a lot. That's. And you know, as as we have discussed many times on this on this on, on no loops now, uh, rappers don't make double albums, please, Un unless unless you're Wu Tang <laughs> Clan or Big Crit, don't don't make a double album. Um, just don't do it. So it's 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 not an easy task to pull off at all. And and it's not just a double album; it's it's a damn near two hour double album. That's that's what. I mean, you know, that's it's a lot. That's a lot of fucking songs, 
and verses and words and ad libs and um all of that. Yeah. So <laughs> so I will I'll, I'll say this right off the bat. I think if for for any rapper to make an album that long, it's there's going to be monotony. It, it's it's going to get monotonous. It's going to be tedious to listen to after that long. There are very few, if any, rappers who could pull off an album of that length to wear. I don't think Kendrick could do it. I, I, I don't think he could either. I, I totally yeah. agree. But then you have a group like Migos who a lot of their subject matter tends to be extremely similar. And a lot of their vocabulary tends to be extremely similar. And it, there, there definitely is some redundancy, but what I uh, noticed or believe is that they've been listening to the critics. Okay, go on. I I feel like um, they definitely have been listening to what people have said about them, and I think they've taken that mixed with, hey, well. We are listening, but at the same time, we kind of know what works. Like, uh, Bad and Bougie is probably in the dictionary now, you know? <laughs> well, do they spell it? Are they going to spell it B-O-U-J-E-E? -E, or are they going to spell it in, in, in the, the, other, the other way of spelling it? Anyway, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Don't answer that question. <laughs> I think I think they've been listening, you know, um I think I think they've been paying attention. And um And why do you say that? Like what what on this album makes you think that they that they uh like you you feel like they switched it up a bit or from their other the previous work or, or what? Well, you start with the hook from Narcos. I mean <laughs> oh, real, rap, real rap no, no mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just, yeah. Listening. Yeah. That does yeah. sound. I guess. I guess that sounds like a response. Yeah, I would yeah. say that. Uh, yeah. Again, like we have already stated, the hour and forty-six minutes. It just. Uh, I I I I I didn't know what to do with that. Um, uh, we did an episode last year where we talked about a few albums at that moment. And I believe I was left with the duty of talking about culture. Yeah, and yes, culture we did. was <laughs> culture was much shorter. It, it's thirteen tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> culture was much shorter. And for me personally, when it comes to what I like and what I don't like, that yeah. was a rough listen. You said it was a hard and, listen. Yes. And so, no, go ahead. So for me to go to this and then see that it was being thrown to an hour, 46 minutes, and then yeah. taking in uh, to mind what it is that I expected after coming off of that. Right. It, 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 it was a little um, concerning. <laughs> okay. Well, well, after listening to it, how did you feel? Well, I... Yeah. Overall, I would say that I um, I wow. can't say that I hate the album. Okay. I cannot say that. Okay. I can't say that I loved it either. Right. Um, but there definitely was a good amount of it that I enjoyed. Okay. Would you Go say ahead. you enjoyed those moments more than you enjoyed uh, culture, the original culture, culture? <laughs> the original culture? <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, I would say that it, I mean it. It begins at uh, with the music and you know the first track. Um, Higher we go. I think. The, yeah, I think the production was 
great for this album. Huh. Um, I think that, yeah, you know, there, there's, I won't say an ear that you have to have, an understanding that you have to have if you're going to listen to an artist who um, uh, uh, couples themselves with a lot of trap beats. Mm-hmm. Um, you go in with an expectation, and then when you hear something unexpected, you're kind of like, oh, okay, right. yeah. Mix that with the fact that, all right, I like um, these types of trap beats, or I'm accepting these types of trap beats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I like trap beats, but only when they're creative. Okay. And I love trap beats that are heavy, heavy bass. Um, well, I, I, isn't that isn't that a hallmark of trap beats? Like, like not always because really? it sometimes for me. Um, I mean, I have an ear that says, okay, well, if you're doing something simple, I'm not even going to pay attention to the bass. Um, if you're doing something that either uh, is enjoyable and brings out that bass, or is not overpowering towards the bass then you know i'm i'm gonna enjoy the beat uh-huh yeah it, it, it's hard to explain okay but... <laughs> i mean yeah i i i i thought that like the, the the booming 808 was like that was like one of that was like a staple of all trap beats whether they have interesting instrumental flourishes or not that 808 that hard 808 has to be there yeah of course but it's just that like there's some people that and i won't mention because i don't need to uh-huh. uh that that 808 that's it like there is no bringing right. any instruments there's nothing right and if that rapper or singer doesn't have a whole lot to put on it right that it sounds like one long beat for eight tracks or 12 tracks and i'm just like why did I turn this on again? Right. But I didn't feel that way with this because I felt that it was a full um, mix of beats. Mm. And I really think... With 24 that, tracks, it damn well better be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I felt like they they came to do what they needed to do to, to make those beats pop. Okay. Um, so, you know, Higher We Go, I liked. Um, it was a good way to set an album off. Um, that of course was Metro Booming, um, assisted with Quavo as far as production. Um, what I like about the album overall is, and, and people have always said that, okay, don't sit there and listen to them for, lyrics. uh, lyrics or introspective moments or anything like that. Yeah. It's more of a vibe thing. Sure. And, you know, I, before I turned anything on, I turned that part of my brain on. I said, okay, it's a vibe. Right. Um, shout out to uh, 2 Chains. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a vibe. And that's what I'm going to go in there saying. Like, they're really going to make me feel the beats and feel like um, we're in a party, we're in a trap house, we're in wherever. Trap um, house. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, that's what I felt when I heard these songs. So, you know, when I put myself in that mind state, I definitely felt what people were talking about. Okay. So I think so. I was so I I I re-listened to Culture, uh, Culture 2017, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just the other day, and I feel like that with that album, I actually feel like there's a lot more musical texture to that record than there is with this record i feel like 
I felt like that album, it, to me, it sounds like they really spent more time to like cultivate like the best beats they could get at that time and and the most interesting beats they could get at that time. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there, there's maybe one or two songs they, that feel like, you know, like like trap trap preset number one, trap preset number five or whatever. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. but but I felt overall musically that was a much more interesting record, and and really? possibly that could be because of the length. But I feel like even if you take the thirteen best songs from Culture uh, Two, it still wouldn't be as good as as Culture. I feel like. Um, okay. But um, the, yeah, there was definitely I, I I would say like half half this album is a lot of it's just it it sounds very. Like I guess I felt the opposite of the way you did. Like I feel like half this album sounds like just very st- standard trap beats with very little um, other instrumentation to to make them uh, to make them pop, so to speak. Um, if anything, what what makes the song stand out are the hooks because they're very good at writing catchy hooks, as as a lot of rappers are today. But yeah. But I feel like the hooks in a lot of cases stood out more than like the beats or the rhymes themselves. Uh, in those cases, but there are, and and the thing is with them, and like you said, you don't really listen for lyrics. Um, although I, I I did try to to you know I, I didn't I didn't want I didn't want to give them the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. I didn't want to assume that they had nothing to say. Um, so I did listen for lyrics, and it's a lot of my ice is like this, birds in the birds in the trap sing like this, bad bitches, which you know, yeah, uh, AP yeah, on but... the wrist. Plain but Jane. there were some moments when I was just sitting there, like, did he really just say that? Like what? <laughs> like in Narcos, um, Offset, who, you know, a lot of people consider uh, to be the uh, uh, the best out of the three. Uh-huh. He's like, uh, get pie face, Seth like meth, yeah, yup, running with the pack, got slapped hands in the cookie jar cut his finger off mm-hmm. nigga being greedy we're gonna cut his tummy out <laughs> yeah yeah i did I, I i did i did peep that i, I peeped that yeah <laughs> oh god I'm, I'm i'm just like okay yeah yeah and, and and the funny thing about it is that when i was listening to this um i guess i read something um one of their interviews, an excerpt from one of their interviews where they said they didn't spend more than 45 minutes on any track. That sounds about right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, but then I thought about that and I was like, these hooks, like some of these hooks are just great. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like all in it. You know, I liked uh, Narcos. Okay. Narcos, uh, which was um, who produced Narcos? Uh, one thing I noticed is that most most of the tracks have like like three or more producers. Or, yeah, uh, DJ Durrell and Quavo. Quavo assisted on a lot of it. Yeah, he he apparently does a lot of producing and mixing overall. Yeah, and and hooks. He's 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 the hook guy. Yeah, Narcos was cool because they were sitting up there uh, sampling Haitian compa, mm. um, <laughs> which um, I found interesting. Um, and then that led right into my favorite track on Stir there, Fry. Bad Bitches Only. Really? That's your favorite track? That is my favorite track uh-huh. on there. Like, the <laughs> 21 Savage was playing Scotty Pippen on there. He threw the ball up 
and was like, if you don't make this sound good, <laughs> I don't know what. So you're saying with his but, hook or, um, or, or or with his verse? Uh, it was more so the hook. Right. Um, Because that was a dirty hook. That was some old Method Man ice cream type hook. Wow. <laughs> you know? Um, like when your hook just sounds like a verse unto itself. Right. And you just listening to it and you listen to it again. And you're like, rewind that shit again. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I was with that track, uh, produced, uh, mainly, mainly by Buddha bless Kanye assisted on it. Yeah. My guess um, is that Kanye just gave him the sample on that. That's on there, but I really have no idea. It's possible. Um, you mentioned stir crazy, which was a stir fry. Production. Stir fry. Stir fry. Yeah. Me. Where did I get stir crazy from? Stir fry. Which is their second single off of this album and uh, was a Pharrell production. Yeah. And supposedly that was a uh, a beat that he did 10 years ago for T.I. T.I. Yeah, I think T.I. may have recorded a song for it, song to it, but it just it wasn't released on an album. Yeah. 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 Stir Fry. Um, I, it felt like it stepped away from the um, typical Migos. Track. Oh, 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 extremely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, that yeah. when that song comes on, like the whole your whole mood shifts, like the whole <laughs> the whole like energy completely changes with that track because it doesn't it it has it's it's a higher tempo, it 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 bumps in a different way, uh, it's got a lot more it's a lot more energetic than than the previous tracks, and mm-hmm. like I got it I didn't know it was produced by Pharrell until like I had heard the song a few times, I was like oh word and then and then and then I saw it was produced by Pharrell I was like okay yeah that makes sense. But um, although it doesn't start with his his signature, dun, 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 but um, but yeah, it, it, it's um, that that song is definitely one of the that's one of the two songs on here that I'll say that I would like willingly listen to just randomly on some. I want to hear this song, shit. Not just like okay. in terms of like this is one of the better songs on the album, but like this is an actual song that I would listen to, um, voluntarily. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's. Yeah. I think that's a compliment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Stir fry. I say actually breaks up. Um. What could have been what I call the weed session portion of an album. Ah. Uh, where it's and, just kind of like everything's on the same tempo. Yeah. Like yeah, this is time to wash the dishes <laughs> or do something. Yeah, for sure. So listen to the album. Don't worry, but. I'm doing something. Right it's a lot now. of background music on this album. Yeah, a lot of background music. Yeah. Um. um so I mean, I, I I definitely enjoyed Stir Fry. Um. I mean, Motorsport could have been better. It seemed like uh, they woke Nikki up for this verse. Hmm. Like, oh, you, oh, you feel like she 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 like nailed it in. Okay. <laughs> right. She nailed it in. Uh. Motorsport could have been better. I mean, also the hook was probably one of the worst hooks that they had on the album. You I know. can relate to it because I'm a dork. You're a dork, yeah. of course. <laughs> uh, that song is all about the bells. It's all about the the the, the chimes. Are pretty much yes. make that the chimes make the beat, and then and then the the Cardi B guest verse and Nicki Minaj too, just because it's a it's a it's a different voice on that. So that that you know opens it up a bit. But yeah, the, the guest appearances and the chimes make that song. It does, and. Similar to as I thought on uh, culture with culture too, it's it, it it throws me back to the Bone Thugs and Harmony Art of War album. Uh huh. Your favorite. Where, 
where whenever you and your uh your bandmates are all in your zone and you have that sound that kind of just you just toss them back and forth to each other and then somebody comes and interrupts it in a good way or a bad way mm-hmm. it definitely is a bit of a break yeah it, you know it could be a good thing or a bad thing so like with walk it walk it um talk it walk it like a talk it walk walk it like a talk it i like that song okay um <laughs> walk it talk it I mean, Drake just kind of eased in with Motorsport. It was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if this was proper placement. Hmm. You know, uh, in the case of uh, 21 Savage, which was just the hook, yeah, that slid in really well. And um, in the case of uh, White Sand with Big Sean, Big Sean was only up there for a couple of bars and it was kind of like, eh. Yeah. Probably not his best bars. But... <laughs> You know, you you definitely want your guests to ease in and do what they need to do or, um, you know, uplift the track somehow. Um, I feel like all the guest appearances on this album are welcome just because it's such a long album and and there aren't they don't overdo it with guest appearances, which I like. There's I mean, there's 24 tracks on on here and only six tracks have guest appearances. Yeah. So you got two player with uh, two chains. Yeah. Weird saxophone. Um. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind it. I I I'm I'm cool with it. it again, it's something different. Something something that stands out. So I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean the guest the guest verses were cool. It, the, the the motorsport was probably the only thing that threw me off. Huh. Their hooks, you know, I think are the centerpiece. The hooks and the production are definitely the centerpiece. If the uh, verses start to wear on you after a while, I I could totally understand it. I mean. There's only so many times that um, you could uh, talk about fucking up on somebody else's bitch. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it gets to you. But at the same time, I really, I didn't believe it before when people like Killer Mike and others mentioned like, yo, those boys are really rapping about something in mm-hmm. reference to Migos. Uh-huh. And right now I could half believe it. Like there's definitely moments as... Uh, I mentioned before on um, Narcos where, Hey, they're, they're talking about some stuff. And if you really sit there and listen, like they're really flipping some lines. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, No question. They can rap. Like they can rap. I, I don't necessarily know how much effort they put in. I think if they put more effort into it, they could definitely be like way better in terms of, in terms of their, if, if, if they switched it up a little bit, they could be a bit more, I don't know. People would would be more. People would respect them just for their rhymes more. Um, but that's not really. I guess that's not really their audience, or that's not really what they're going for. Mm-hmm. But like, they could definitely rap. And I mean, I mean, they inspired like a whole a whole generation of rappers with their with their flow. So clearly, they got something on 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 that on that level. And th- there were lines. There were lines that stood out to me. Like the one you named was definitely the, the one you mentioned from uh from Narcos was definitely definitely a standout for sure. That one makes you sit up and take notice. Um, but I also liked on um on Moving Too Fast where Quavo says uh represent the land of the free, but some of my niggas in the cell, so I don't even know what that means. That mm-hmm. you know, or um on Work Hard where uh, Offset says Work Hard bought my mama third car, left my heart in my grandma's graveyard. Thought that was like an interesting. Uh, it it kind of gives you like a very small peek into into maybe his his psyche or his personal life. 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, Quavo on, on on the cultural national anthem says, oh, say, can you see my people prayed and take a knee? We don't need stripes because we got bright stars. That was that was an interesting line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they definitely um, get it. Like we said at the top, the album was too damn long. Way too damn long. It, it should, they they should have put out another 13 track record. And I actually think it would be maybe if they picked the right tracks, it probably could have ended up being a good album. Yeah, for sure. Like, like, like I would have, I would have gone. So like my favorite, my, not my favorites, but the, the songs that I would have, if, if I cut it to 13 tracks, I would have kept it to superstars, uh, BBO, uh, walk it, talk it, stir fry, uh, gang, gang, oh, uh, open it up, motorsport. And then open it up. I love yeah, that. That shit. beat is, is cool. That, 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 that beat is cool. I, 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 I dig that one. Um, crisscross jump. <laughs> um, uh, motorsport. And then basically the last fourth of the album, the last six songs on the album, uh, work hard, notice me two player, uh, made men, which I think is the best song on the album. And, uh, uh, top down on the Nof and, uh, culture national anthem. Like that would have been a really solid record to me. Yeah, I I probably would have gone along the same lines. Um, I definitely would have put Stir Fry, Narcos, Walk It, Talk It, BBO, um, Superstars, Higher We Go. I would have kept as the intro. Mm-hmm. Flooded would have been right in the middle to kind of just slow it down. And open it up. I, I just love the hook on that track. Yeah. For for me um, and um uh flooded again that one. The, I didn't care for the beat, but the hook is is catchy. Yes, <laughs> it's, yes. It's, it's repetitive, but it, it works. So flooded, 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 flooded. <laughs> Pull up on niggas like huggies. <laughs> yeah, it is catchy. They 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 know what they're doing. They definitely right. know what they're doing. Right. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to trim an album down. Um, and then uh, Crown of Kings uh, cleverly using the Bob Marley sample from Get Up, Stand Up. Mm. And then um, Stir Crazy cleverly using Stir uh, Fry. The champ. Stir Fry, excuse me. Why do I keep doing that? Stir Fry cleverly using uh, a sample from The Champ, which is uh, uh, definitely a, um, a huge resource for some old school beats. Mm. I can't say I was in love with the album. But at the same time, um, there were moments that I enjoyed. And when you talk about the um, heavily overused tag of mumble rap, oh, these Southern rappers, blah, blah, blah. um, I felt that um, I underestimated what they can do. Mm And I definitely wouldn't put them in that category of mumble rappers because I actually understood what they were saying. Yeah, sure. Um, but I definitely feel that there's room for improvement for what they can do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Whether it be, um, you know, a little bit on a subject matter. And if yes. they, they want to stick with the vibe, that's totally fine. Like, not everybody's going to do a 13 tracks with 13 stories and 13 subjects or whatever. Sure. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's not a matter of them. Like they don't have to completely abandon the, the watch, you know, bad bitches, uh, birds in the trap talk. But you know, when, when you have a 24 track album, it just, it amplifies 
how much they they limit themselves in terms of subject matter. And and yes. so so yeah, so of course of course sure that's that's your wheelhouse, you know, st- stick in the stick in your stay in your wheelhouse, but also don't be afraid to go outside of it for more than, you know, a couple songs or a couple lines. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. I, I I definitely agree with that. So um for me on a scale to 1 to 100, I probably would give it about um between a 60 65. Mm. Yeah, I'd 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 probably be like fifty five, um, okay. just because again, like I said, about half the album for me was just kind of like whatever, and then the rest of it was pretty. I thought was pretty good, was pretty decent. Oh, so 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 here's a question: talking about the length of this album, do you think that the length of this album matters to a, a to the playlist generation? In, in other words, to a, a group of people who were raised on like iPods and 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 streaming do you think it matters like because like we were raised you know like like we came up in the era where albums were important right which is not necessarily the first era of rap right originally it was it was singles based but by the time we were listening to hip-hop it was more it was more it was more centered around albums so 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 to us like like we look at the album like this it, it needs to be this cohesive piece of music that represents where you are at at a particular moment in time but do you think that that matters to people now see the funny thing about that is if you went to the last 12 months and took out a couple of albums that i immediately come to mind like a a jay-z album a kendrick album and even on a on a I guess a less popular note, uh, the Brother Ali album, like you don't really have things that people are holding up and saying, yeah, everybody got that album, and it was an album experience, and we sat with it and we listened to it 15 times, and da da da. da. Um, you don't hear that as much, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the albums that I just mentioned, like people of all ages were listening to those and it was a full blown experience for a 16 year old for for a 46 year old for a 30 year old to listen to 444 uh-huh. so i think that album experience is still there for uh you know um teenagers and people in their 40s but it, it's definitely definitely not like it once was so even for hardcore Migos fans, I don't even know if you've gone through the whole album and you're able to separate the songs and say, yeah, uh, track two is better than track 23. Because I I honestly believe that um, Migos fans, let alone uh, just people who listen to rap, are saying to themselves, hey, uh, I got up to track 12, and then the rest of it just played while I was washing dishes. Right. You know? Um, I mean, I listened to the album a few times, and, you know, the tracks, for the most part, do separate for me, but they would separate better if it was shorter. Yeah. Like, I don't... So I don't know what their recording process is like. I don't know how many songs they're keeping and how many they're throwing away. Because, like... You know, this is twenty four tracks, and then and this this is coming coming a year, like literally a year to the day, I believe, after their after the original after the, after culture, the last culture, the first culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so you have these twenty four tracks plus, like they also put out uh, 
uh, the Without Warning album that was uh, 21 Savage, Offset, and Metro Boomin. And they also put out the uh, Quality Control mixtape or compilation, whatever you want to call it. And they put out the uh, Quavo and uh, uh, Travis Scott put out an album called Huncho yeah. Jack at the end of the year. So I'm just wondering yeah. how much are they... How much do they record and how much are they keeping versus throwing away? Because I'm wondering how much, like, it almost feels like they just put out everything they recorded. Uh, it does seem like that. But so, then again, they reportedly are spending no more than 45 minutes on a track. And that's right. literally a day. Right. <laughs> you know, and if they started recording right after uh, the first culture oh. drop, then I don't know how much time were you spending. Right, right. So, um, I I really think that they're just trying to put stuff out to, um, you know, make some money off of selling and streaming, and to yeah. just tour with, and just have all of this music ready ready to just do a two hour show off of. Yeah. Um, album experience, I probably wouldn't say that it is that, no. but um, I think that they're a little bit closer to having that with the 13 track album. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like I said, culture, I think is, is a much, it's a much better listen. I personally, I would say. And, um, I think I, my guess is that a lot of people who, who are Migos fans will just take, they'll just take their favorite songs from this album, and make a playlist out of it. And, and that's that. And that'll be culture two for them. <laughs> culture 2.5. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, I I guess it worked well enough because they have the number one album in the country right now. So, yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, it it remains to be seen whether this will be a trend or not, whether they continue to set set the the the, the pulse of the culture. Uh, because um, apparently uh, Ray Schremmerd is putting out a, a triple disc, wow. um, soon. Now, wow. Now <laughs> I don't now I don't know if it's going to be three discs that are you know like twelve tracks long, or is it going to be more like five tracks each? or what but that's the, aggressive the the the, th the theme is that they're going to do they're going to do two like two solo records and a group record t together so it'll be you know one one disc for each member and then a group disc so i you know there's the, only so many times you can use your illusion <laughs> right that well well said um so we'll see how that goes. I'm really hoping that it's not quite what people are thinking. I'm really hoping that it's more like five songs per instead of like ten songs per. Yeah. Because their albums are actually pretty short. So so I'm hoping that they keep it short for each one. But if it's like an album length, if if each disc is really an album length, that's going to be a lot. But again, may, maybe it doesn't matter now. Maybe it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to take my favorite songs from these three discs and just drag and drop them into my, my playlist and there I go alright well um, any other thoughts on uh, whether or not or culture too um, just really quick I, I noticed I, well I noticed but both both albums have guest appearances on six tracks which is I thought was okay. interesting considering that Evidence's album is 15 tracks and, and um, Culture's is, is, is 24 tracks but but um I would say on both albums, the guest appearances are like welcome. Like for the most part, they're it's not you don't feel like there's too many guest appearances, and when you hear them, they kind of like kind of like oh a, another rapper that's that's cool. Whereas you know some albums are just you know flooded, 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 flooded with flooded. with with guest appearances, 
and um, I, I don't I feel like the guests the guests the guests I almost said guesses the the guests <laughs> don't don't wear out their welcome on either album. Um, yeah, and and I, I real I I realized like listening to these two albums back to back I realized how the the biggest difference for me musically was that uh, whether or not hits hard with the drums but culture two hits hard with the the 808s with the bass. It's just yeah. like it's like, and that's really the difference, I guess, I guess, between so-called boom bap and trap is bass versus drums, yeah. um, which, which was interesting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, we are on no loops. You can find us on the Facebooks. Uh, we can find <laughs> us on the Twitters at on no loops, no no spaces, no funny spelling. You can find <laughs> us on the Instagrams on no loops. Uh, you can find us at ownnoloops.com. That's right. And you, we also have an email address, uh, at ownnoloops at gmail.com. That's right. And yeah, that's us, just like major figures. <laughs> I'm at Old Dirty Plaster on the Twitter. Uh, and I'm at Urkel Modi. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, as I always like to say, uh, be wise but kind and always be on time. And in the immortal words of the late great 20th century poet, Gifted Unlimited Rhymes Universal, it's often easier for one to give advice than it is for a person to run one's own life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Very true. It's true. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. It's very true. All right, man. We got another one. We did it. Yeah. Hip hop hooray. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Yes. And um, definitely uh, hit us up. And if you listen to us on iTunes, rate and review, please. please. We would greatly appreciate it. Please. And um, thanks again for listening on No Loops. Peace. Peace.